It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Reliably low prices with an amazing selection. You can get all the parts that your car will ever need by visiting rockauto.com. And when you do, tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, bringing you Reds talk each and every day. We are seven days away from opening day. That's right. Games that count begin next Thursday. We're continuing our player preview series today with Luis Castillo and Tucker Barnhart. I've also got a throwback segment for you later on in the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. If you have not already done so, click that subscribe button. That way you don't miss anything that I've got for you coming at you with Reds content all season long. This is going to be an interesting season. Whether you believe the Reds to be a division contender or you think that they're probably going to be fighting just to get out of fourth place, you can't argue that there's going to be a lot going on with this team. And I'm here for every single moment of it. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone. We've got a Jeff's Junk Mail segment coming for you tomorrow. So get your questions, your reactions, your comments. If you think I'm bad shit crazy on one uh, topic or another, let me know. 513-549-0159. All right, so uh, today we're going to look at the opening day starter who a week from now will be on the mound. We're going to look at his battery mate, most likely, and a throwback segment. Coming up later on, we're going to look at a red from days gone by. Starting with Luis Castillo, though. He was named the opening day starter about a week ago. To the surprise of no one, especially with Sonny Gray uh, being on the shelf. He's probably going to be a couple of weeks behind everybody else since he had to shut things down for a couple of days during the middle of spring training. And he's dealing with some back issues. So it is Luis Castillo's ballgame. And I've got a thought for you. and, And immediately you're going to disagree with me, I know. But hear me out. We as Reds fans underrate Luis Castillo. We don't give him all the credit. If you talk to a fan from another team, one of the first people that he talks about on the Reds is Luis Castillo. Whether he is a fan or she is a fan of the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Indians, the Angels, everybody knows who Luis Castillo is. He's got one of the sexiest, and for my money, the sexiest changeups anywhere in Major League Baseball. And he throws it more than he throws any other pitch. In fact, last year, it was his main pitch. He threw it more than his fastball. And for good reason. It's one of the best pitches in Major League Baseball. But we as Reds fans like to harp on his walk rate. He walks too many guys. He has high pitch counts. And yes, those are criticisms. But it feels like those criticisms cripple some fans' enjoyments of his starts. 
he might go five, six innings and have 12, 13 strikeouts, but everybody's like, yeah, but he, but he, but he had three walks. He walked four guys. He walked three guys. And, and while it's not great to be putting guys on base via walk, he does so well at missing bats. Most of the time, those guys do not haunt him. And when you look at his numbers last season, it was evident that, I mean, if Trevor Bauer were not on this team, we would be celebrating the year that Luis Castillo had. In the shortened 2020 season, he had a 3.2 ERA. And because of what Trevor Bauer did, that doesn't really sound all that great. But when you look at his like expected statistics on Baseball Savant, he actually could have been a little bit better. His expected ERA, which isn't always the best expected metric, but his expected ERA, 2.97. He had 30% strikeout rate last year. The best that it's ever been. His hard hit rate was at 37%, which actually was a tick up from 2019, but his expected batting average of 209 is just phenomenal. That's exactly what you want from your starter. And when you kind of dig a little bit deeper, you see, obviously, his changeup, his favorite pitch was just lights out. Expected batting average of 170. People weren't hitting it. Had a 205 batting average against. The interesting thing, the, the development that I found interesting for Castillo, and he didn't throw this pitch as much as he threw his other pitches, but his slider kind of took a step forward last year. According to Baseball Savant, he threw it 200 and four times, mostly to right-handed pitch or right-handed batters, and it was around 86, 87 miles an hour. But hitters didn't know what to do with it. They had a 182 batting average against his slider, and his expected batting average was even lower of 153. That was a huge development for him last year. And if he has a changeup that breaks one way, a slider that breaks another, and then you add in his fastball that just dances all over the strike zone, we're talking about a dude, and Baseball America agrees, should be contending for a Cy Young Award this year. Baseball America predicted him to finish third in NL Cy Young voting. They had Walker Bueller winning, Jake DeGrom second, Luis Castillo third. So why do we sit here and we like to nitpick some things about maybe he's given up too many walks? We don't appreciate the things that we have. This is kind of like something that we do with Joey Votto, something that fans do with Joey Votto. They're like, well, he walks too much. It's it's something about walks. I think everybody hates walks, whether we get them or we give them. I, I don't know. But it's like a bugaboo for people. And Luis Castillo is a guy that we are going to look back on and just be like, man, oh man, the Reds had a great pitcher. And hopefully, and I might make this a bold prediction, but I'm stopping short after listening to Bob Castellini's interview with Paul Dougherty and him crying poor for 25 minutes. I, I really want to make the bold prediction that the Reds will sign him to an extension this year. I don't know if you just saw... The Houston Astros extended Lance McCullers with a five-year, $85 million contract, something that I'm sure Luis Castillo is looking at and saying, hey, I can get more than that. I'm better than him because he is. Sorry, Astros fans. If, If for some reason any Astros fans listening to this, Luis Castillo is better than Lance McCullers. Luis Castillo should command a $100 million contract. But with Bob Castellini crying poor, It's very hard for me to sit here and make that bold prediction, which is probably why I should make it, because it really would be bold at this juncture. 
So yeah, there you go. Whatever. Another bold prediction to add to the list. Luis Castillo is going to get a contract extension this year from the Reds, but he's going to have a fantastic year. I expect ace stuff from him. I'm totally with Baseball America thinking that he's going to be in the top three in Cy Young Award can or, or Cy Young Award winning finalists. And I don't think that that is a bold prediction at all. I think that is an expectation from a dude who is immensely talented and underrated by us Reds fans. All right, coming up here, I I want to talk about Tucker Barnhart. I, I have said before that outside of Joey Votto, Tucker Barnhart is my favorite player. However, I can be objective about Tucker. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that if you're looking for a part for your car, maybe you need some new brakes, maybe a taillight, a headlight, a turn light, whatever light you need, rockauto.com has that part because they've got all the parts that your car will ever need. And when you're there, when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About a section, type in Locked On. When it comes to parts for your car, Rock Auto's been doing this a long time, and they can help you find exactly what you need. Whether you're an amateur or you are a grease monkey mechanic that knows exactly what brand of shocks you want on your car, Rock Auto has that part. Plus, they've got the ability to deliver right to your door. You don't have to get out. You don't have to go to the store and find the part and pay a markup charge because Rock Auto charges the same prices for amateurs as they do for professionals. Check them out, rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. And when you're checking out, type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About Us section. That's rockauto.com. Type in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Rock Auto has all of the parts that your car will ever need. When you're done listening to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast, check out Locked On Today. They look at every single sports story and bring you everything that's important about sports going on each and every day. Host Peter Bukowski scours the sports world to find the most important thing for you, and he brings it to you every single day. Check out the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we talked about Luis Castillo. He's the opening day starter, and more likely than not, the man catching him, the man behind the plate, the man who has been the field general for this team, for the last five years, Tucker Barnhart. Let's take a look at him. He, I have said this before. He's my second favorite Red. But it's not like I can't be objective about him because we are looking at a transition year for Tucker Barnhart. Last year, we all know that overall, his statistics at the plate weren't so great. In fact, last year, he had, for the season, a 204 batting average. And that's something that everyone likes to harp on. But it's interesting to note when it came to the 2020 season, because we've said this many times during the off season, it's really hard for me to sit here and take everything from a 60 game season at face value. You got to kind of split it up a little bit. Because when you look at the month of August for Tucker Barnhart, it was abysmal absolutely terrible in 60 plate appearances. He had a 233 on base. He got on base 23% of the time. That, that's rough. He had a 255 slugging. Blech. 
Then you get into the month of September, and he had 43 plate appearances in that. He got on base 35% of the time. He had a slugging of 595. In fact, and you can test this theory out, go to baseballreference.com, pull up the Reds' split uh, hitting statistics, and when you look at the month of September, nobody had a higher OPS than Tucker Barnhart. So he's not done yet. We're not looking at Tucker Barnhart and say, and just counting down the days to when the Reds can move on from him. He, he is not the uh, type of player that we're looking at and saying he is just absolutely detrimental to this team. No, I'm not saying that at all. Now, interestingly enough, he is in the final year of his contract. There is a team option for 2022, but it is for $7.5 million. That would be a raise of almost $3.5 million based on what he's making this year. And with Tyler Stevenson in the fold, I highly doubt that that option's getting picked up. Now, there's the chance that he comes back to the Reds, but if he has the ability to be the main catcher somewhere else for around the same money that he's making now, which is slightly over $4 million, I don't know why he wouldn't do that. He has been a loyal catcher for the Reds for five years as a full-time catcher, six years if you include 2016 where he was kind of like a part-time dude. But for the most part, he has been through and through a Cincinnati Red. So with him in his contract season, some may think maybe he gives the Reds a discount to stay here. But if I'm the Reds and that is on the table, I've got to set the expectation that by the end of this season, not, not even 2022, by the end of 2021, I'm kind of expecting Tyler Stevenson and Tucker Barnhart to kind of flip-flop as to who's getting more at-bats. I want Tyler Stevenson to get more at-bats. Let's, let's kind of set the, uh, set the marker at like beginning in July. If we look at July to the end of the season, I want Tyler Stevenson to have more at-bats than Tucker Barnhart. I think he's a more talented hitter, and I think, based on things that I've read, he is going to be just fine behind the plate. He's not going to be any sort of liability. I stop short of saying he's going to be a gold glove catcher because we don't know, but he is going to be perfectly fine And to go along with these amazing hitting statistics that we're going to see from him, he deserves more playing time. But that being said, let's let's celebrate Tucker Barnhart's career with the Reds. Some of you are saying, well, Jeff, he was a terrible hitter. He's not terrible. For his career, he's an OPS plus of 84. And while that is below average, that is solid for a catcher at the plate. 248 batting average, 326 on base an OPS of just south of 700, 698 total. And yeah, there's better hitting statistics out there, but when you look at catchers as a whole, taking last year, just as an example, catchers for the entire major leagues had a batting average of 232, an on-base percentage of 312, and a slugging of 394. So OPS-wise, they're only a little bit better than what Tucker Barnhart's career is. So it's not as if we're talking about a terrible hitter based on his position. You've got to set the expectation. And i got to admit that whenever the Reds do make the move, I am super excited 
about Tyler Stevenson becoming the everyday catcher for the Reds because I think he's going to take it and he's going to run with it and it's going to be phenomenal. But I will kind of be sad to see Tucker go. Tucker's a great dude. I mean, he is so easy to root for. It is very evident that he is a leader on this team, even when it comes to position players and pitchers. Every pitcher talks about how easy it is to work with Tucker and how great of a battery mate he is during the game. And that's something that hopefully Tyler Stevenson is going to learn from and kind of glean some aspects of Tucker Barnhart's game and take with him because Tucker has been a phenomenal role model for any catcher. If you're Tyler Stevenson, if uh, if you're Davey Grulon, you know, I, I, he is the kind of guy that if you're a catcher in the major leagues, you want to emulate Tucker Barnhart. There's a reason he's a multiple gold glover. Last season, he actually was pretty decent with the pitch framing. When you look at baseball savant, they've got the statistics, runs, extra strikes. So basically, the ability for a catcher to frame and trying to at least say some sort of value that that framing added to his game, he was at one, so positive one. 2019, he was at two. And based on where the league stands on that, he's right there in the middle. 2018... And I remember this uh, preseason 2019, they were talking about the change in catching coaches and things like that. 2018, they weren't even focusing on framing. It's kind of phenomenal to think about. And now it's a big part of his game. And Kirk Casale was actually right there with him too last season. So I'm looking for more of the same from Tyler Stevenson behind Barnhart this year with the framing. But he has become so much better at pitch framing, and that's a huge reason why he won that gold glove. So let's celebrate Tucker Barnhart this year, because this really does kind of feel like his last year as a Red. I would be surprised if he was back next season, because I feel like the Reds are going to say, you can come back, but we're going to pay you less, and you're going to be the backup. If he gets a starting gig, or if he gets an offer from another team somewhere else, I, I would expect that Tucker would go somewhere else, because he deserves to go out with a bang as somebody's main catcher, the thing is, with Tyler Stevenson in the fold, that shouldn't be with the Reds. All right, to finish up today's podcast, I've got a throwback segment coming at you. But before we jump into that, wanted to let you know, you can check out some MLB futures at betonline.ag. Whether you're looking at the Reds over under total, which still sets at 82.5, or if you're looking at their division odds, you can throw a couple of bucks on that as well and make some money off the Reds in 2021. And in order to do that and have a little bit extra to play with as well, go to betonline.ag, set up your profile, and type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked On for 50% more on your initial deposit. They've also got great lines when it comes to the NCAA tournament. If you like NBA basketball each and every night, they're following along with that. They even go with some PGA Tour golf. And this week, or this weekend, you've got Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou in the UFC. You can bet on that fight card as well at betonline.ag. Set up your profile today. Type in the promo code Locked On and you'll get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. That's betonline, 
ag and the promo code locked on. Speaking of promo codes helping you out a little bit, check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. They've got a couple of brand new flavors that are absolutely fantastic. You have got to try white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. It is as amazing as it sounds. Had me a bar yesterday. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how tasty it was. It is 100% real chocolate. And like they say on the wrapper, 0% guilt because it's a candy bar tasting protein bar. They've got all the statistics like four grams of sugar, four grams of fat, and up to 17 grams of protein. There is no protein bar on the market that is better. And it kind of fits in with some candy bars with the way that they taste. They've also got stalwarts like Cherry Barcia, Coconut Brownie Chunk. They've got amazing flavors like peanut butter chocolate, double chocolate, fruit flavors. And if you've got an allergy to peanuts, they make all of their non-peanut flavors in a facility that no peanut touches. So you can be confident that you don't have to worry about your peanut allergy when you eat a non-peanut built bar so check them out today builtbar.com and the promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent off your next order the locked on mlb division preview series continues on locked on mlb today every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division currently they're working their way through the american league it's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. So I saw the news that the Orioles selected the contract of Matt Harvey. That's right. The Dark Knight is rising again in Camden. And no, we're we're not going to do a throwback segment about Matt Harvey. I I, I know I know you just whoever just turned off the pod, come back, come back. We're not talking about Matt Harvey. I I promise. But I I thought that was interesting. No, what we are talking about today for the Locked On Reds Throwback Thursday segment is Frank McCormick. We're talking about a first baseman for the Reds who was a phenomenal hitter and a huge part of the 1940 World Series champion Reds. In fact, he won the MVP that season for the Reds. He was phenomenal in the 40 year. He hit 309 with a 367 on base and 482 slugging. He led the National League in at-bats, hits, and doubles, and grounded to double plays. That's a really random thing. He actually led all of Major League Baseball and grounded to double plays, at least so far as they recorded back in 1940, but Frank McCormick was a phenomenal Reds first baseman, and when you look back on his career, one of the first things that stands out to you, if you go to baseballreference.com and you look up Frank McCormick, one of the first things that stands out to you from 1938 until 1946, in that nine-year span, he made the All-Star game eight times. The only time he didn't make the All-Star game was in 1945, his last year as a Red. 1946 happened to be his first year as a Philadelphia Philly. And it's intriguing to know, statistically, in this day and age when everyone's harping about how many times hitters are striking out and things like that, there were three different seasons, 1939, 1941, and 1944, where Frank McCormick hit more home runs during the year than he struck out. In fact, 
for his entire 13-year career. He had 5,723 at-bats. He struck out 189 times total for his entire career. That is a phenomenal number. And and kind of looking at his profile on Sabre.com, they even mentioned that his career 189 strikeouts is 10 less than Ryan Howard's season strikeouts in 2007. It's just phenomenal to look at those numbers. Plus, he was a 299 lifetime hitter. And as a Red, in his 10 years in Cincinnati, he hit 301 for 5,202 plate appearances. He got on base 35% of the time in 10 years. He was a phenomenal first baseman, 120 OPS+. plus. But even more so than the All-Star Games and the MVPs, it's intriguing to know, like back then, it wasn't always about who was the top prospect in high school or college or something like that. Because in 1934, he went, he grew up in New York City. He got 50 bucks from his parents to travel to Beckley, West Virginia and try out for the Reds because he had tried out for the Giants and he tried out for the Senators and he tried out for the Philadelphia A's and they all turned him down. So in 1934, he went to Beckley, West Virginia and tried out for the Reds and they loved him. And they told him because he had played outfield his entire, as he was growing up. And he told him that there were so many outfielders try first base. He did it. He loved it. He took to it. And that's what he played for his entire career. It's, it's also interesting to note that his first year, 1938, as an all-star player for the National League, he was selected. And one of the guys who selected him was the manager of the Giants, Bill Terry, because the game was at the Polo Grounds. And it's cool because Sabre has this quote from Frank McCormick. He said, six years after my failed tryout with the Giants, I was a unanimous choice as the National League's all-star first baseman, and Bill Terry, who turned me down at the polo grounds that six years ago, was one of the men who picked me. It's really cool to look at how things kind of worked back then, but the fact that he was going around trying out for teams and he couldn't make it and finally stuck on with the Reds, and then he was such a prolific hitter. I mean, 189 strikeouts in your entire career. That is insane. In fact, when he was a Red, There was never a season in the 10 years that he was a Red that he had more strikeouts than walks. Okay, as far as full-time play goes, his first two years, it's interesting because, so he won the tryout in 1934 with the Reds. They selected him. They actually brought him up to the major leagues later on in the year. He got 16 at-bats as a 23-year-old. Then he kind of toiled around the minor leagues for a couple of years, and he was brought back up in 1937 and he had 87 at-bats. In those two years, he had more strikeouts than walks, but, uh, okay, 1934, he had one strikeout, no walks. In 1937, he had four strikeouts, two walks. Guy just did not strike out. He was a phenomenal hitter, and somebody that I thought was worth pointing out in today's Throwback Thursday. But that's going to do it for us here today. All right, tomorrow, Jeff's Junk Mail. We got a couple more players we're going to look at ahead of the season. We are a week away. Opening day is almost here. I can taste the fry box now. Stick with me here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.